Hello, everybody. I am Tyler Sumner, back again with all four sports, except today we're going to have three sports. No hockey today because nothing really has been going on in the hockey world as of late. But we got the NBA to cover, as I'm going to have once again Mo Holtzman on in just a short minute about the finals. We're going to talk about some tier-making lists that I feel like we could do on today's show. And we're also going to talk about free agency upcoming this year. It should be interesting. It's going to be great episode today. It's been a little while since I've been off. Uh, got back into the gym recently and also really been working out more and just working again in school and stuff like that. Will be a great episode today. Please stay tuned for that and enjoy All Four Sports episode four. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to All Four Sports Episode 4. I am now joined alongside the great Mo Holtzman today. I'm honored to be back, Tyler. Well, thank you very much. First of all, Mo, huge congratulations to your Los Angeles Lakers on winning the 2020 NBA championship this year. Must have been great for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know uh, a lot of people were a little bit disappointed with that last game, not exactly being as close as some people would like, but... Uh... You know, a win is a win, a championship is a championship, and it felt great. Definitely. So, Mo, while we're on the subject of this, why don't we get into it? What did you like from this Lakers team all around in the season and in the playoffs? Sure. So, I remember – so, I've been a Lakers fan for practically my whole life, ever since I got into basketball. And Mm -hmm. so, if you guys don't know, which I guess you guys wouldn't, I'm 17 years old. So when I was younger, it was the Kobe days, but I really wasn't involved. I wasn't like too much of a basketball fan. So I've never seen a really great Lakers team. I got in with the Steve Nash, Dwight Howard era where they fell apart. So this was the first time the Lakers really put together a great core with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I remember that the preseason, preseason, they had some good games against the Warriors and they like tweeted something like put the league on notice and people clowned them they're like this team is a five seed this team doesn't have it LeBron is washed and I I just didn't understand it and I kind of thought this would be a great season for them and it's definitely been a wild ride with the pandemic and everything but uh it's great to see it end this way right now Mo let me ask you something as much as good as LeBron is do you think this feels a bit more special for Anthony Davis since it was his first championship I think there's definitely a – like, you know, those guys are definitely feeling different things. Um, we saw right after the thing they each talked to ESPN, uh, LeBron was saying more of the lines of give me my respect, which he obviously deserves after his fourth title. And Anthony Davis just was really excited to be there. So I'm jumping up and down, a little bit of tears in his eyes. It's got to be a surreal feeling for a guy. I think he's 27 years old. You know, this yeah. is his first deep playoff run. He's about to have a huge contract presented to him from the Lakers. Got to feel great for Anthony Davis. Right. And even the fact that they really capped it off with doing it for Kobe, you Mm -hmm. know, and like Anthony Davis said uh, when he was sitting with LeBron, they didn't get to do it in his jerseys, but it's still so special because obviously the tragedy and now you cap it off with winning a championship. It must have been surreal for him. Mm -hmm. I know um, Anthony Davis and Kobe, we see pictures servicing of uh, the Olympic teams. Think back in 2010 or 2012, uh, really young Anthony Davis there. But uh, Kobe was definitely a mentor to him. Uh, Anthony Davis, I believe, 
was pretty involved with the Lakers growing up, and uh, I know it must have been special for him. Right. So, Mo, now we talked about the Lakers and the Heat. So I want to kind of do a little bit different things because now we're in the offseason. So I want to sure. do a little bit of like a start one, bench one, cut one, and okay. like some tier listings. But before we do that, uh, why don't we talk about free agency coming up this year? Sure. Obviously, we got some huge names. This one could be historic. We got AD. We got Giannis. We got Gordon Hayward, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So I want to start off. Giannis is going to end up. So the deal with Giannis, he's got, I believe, this one more season on his contract, but he can sign an extension this summer, which is what obviously Milwaukee fans want him to do. I do think that Giannis is going to end up signing that um, that extension with Milwaukee. I know that Miami's rolling out the red to try to sign him. I know that he's been linked to the Mavericks with Luka, which would be fun, but I, I think that Milwaukee's going to try to prove it. To Giannis, that they're really in it. They're going to make some huge move this offseason. I think through a trade, I wouldn't be surprised to see Eric Bledsoe moved just to try to get Giannis to stay because without him, Milwaukee really isn't much. Right. Me personally, I don't think Giannis is going to stay. And the reason is this. Giannis's brother, who barely even plays on that Laker team, won a championship before him. <laughs> so now I feel like Giannis is like, oh, sugar. My brother just won a championship before me. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a weird feeling. I know that Giannis was uh he gave a little party for um Costas. Seems like a a good friend, but um I don't know. I'm sure Giannis is hungry for that championship after falling short a couple of years here. Oh, most definitely. Now, one thing I want to talk about too before we continue with free agency is I've been seeing a name thrown around that when this man comes back, the Wizards will be dangerous. I'm talking about John Wall. Sure. He's been gone for quite some time. To me, he was underrated before he got seriously hurt. Bradley Beal now an elite shooting guard in the league. What do you think the Wizards could do if John Wall gets healthy and back to that stage he was at before he really got hurt? So I've, I've been a big John Wall guy. I've always been a fan of the speed, the athleticism. I think he's a great and underrated passer. Um, the injury is tough. John Wall hasn't played in a game. I think it's 2018 now because – he came off a couple ACL tears. His wrist was messed up. And uh, it's going to be interesting because Bradley Beal really has taken a leap during this time without John Wall. Not sure if that's because he has the ball in his hands so much more. And we'll see how those guys will work together. They're going to have to bring back guys right. like Davis Bertons, Thomas Bryant. I think they can be a lower-tier playoff seed. Don't think they're making much noise against the Celtics, Nets, Raptors, Heat, Bucks, that type of team. Right, and Mo, to, just to let you know, you were correct. The last time John Wall did play a basketball game was on December 26, 2018. Yeah, that's a while ago. And you just mentioned the Celtics, so I want to talk about them a little bit. Sure. Um, I was reading the polls for Vegas and stuff. Right now they have the Celtics as the sixth team, like – they have six to one odds to win the championship next year. Oh, wow. So I want to get your thoughts. I've been seeing a lot of people say that the big thing right now is Hayward's leaving because we're getting space for Cat. Cat. So what do you think the Celtics could – do you think they would be the championship favorites if they get Cat? Oh, I would I would definitely say they'd be 100% championship favorites if they get Cat. I – personally don't see any path where they do get Carl Anthony Towns. I think that Timberwolves just invested a lot of uh, draft capital into trading for D'Angelo Russell, who's a really good friend of Carl Anthony Towns's. 
I think to get Anthony Towns, they'd ask for Tatum, and I don't think Boston's going to do that. Right. I think another big man that the Celtics could go after, and I've been saying it a long time. I don't think other people have, but I've been saying it for a while because the guy I'm thinking of is a really good stretch on the floor. Uh, Miles Turner, okay. I think the Celtics should go after. I think I think he would fit really well with Brad Stevens' coaching system. I think Turner's definitely a more uh, realistic name in that scenario. I think that Indy is in a really weird spot right now if Victor Oladipo doesn't end up wanting to stay there if he asks for a trade, which has been rumored. Uh, they don't really have enough to really compete in that, uh, even the lower Eastern Conference. So if you see Miles Turner move to Boston, it would... I can't imagine they're giving up a Jalen Brown type of player for him, so it'll be picks, I, I guess. I think they would give up a Hayward. I, I see. I don't know how much Hayward is really valued around the league. I don't think he moves the needle for a team like Indiana. I don't think he's young enough. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll see about Hayward. One. I've also seen another rumor that the Celtics are trying to go after Rudy Gobert. Interesting. I personally am not a big Rudy Gobert fan. I don't think he does enough oh, on neither. the offensive end. I think end. we know why. I think we know why he shut down the whole league. Yeah, that was a rough. That was a rough press conference. But I, I just, I he does, he would give the Celtics a lot on the defensive end. Um, he wouldn't need to score, surrounded by guys like Tatum, Brown, and Walker. So it could be a good move. Right. But again, the Jazz are going to ask for a lot. It would be need to be more than Hayward, and I don't think they're going to be moving Smart Brown or Tatum in any deals. So before next season starts. Mm-hmm. Top three Eastern Conference teams next year. Give them to me. Okay, so this is tough because I think the Raptors fall out of that tier. I know they're still a right, good veteran I 100% team. Agree. I think they're aging a little bit, and I don't see a pathway for them adding a big like big name player, a guy who can give you anything. Mark Gasol they actually could, is playing I've in Spain they've next been season. Trying to add Giannis, I've seen the rumor of adding Giannis. I, so the thing is, for next season, Giannis would have to move through trade. They'd have to give up like Pascal for that, and that keeps their team a little yeah. bit lower. I think that the Raptors are out there. The Sixers, Doc Rivers. Didn't love that higher. Um, I think they'll be good. I don't think they'll be there. So I think that leaves you with four teams to make that top three. You have the Bucks, the Celtics, the Heat, and now the Brooklyn Nets. And I right. think if I had to make really early predictions, I think the Bucks probably take a little bit of a step back to that two seed. I think the Celtics are a good enough regular season team to win the Eastern Conference, number one seed. I'm guessing the Heat... And see, because the Heat were a great playoff team, but they weren't a great regular season team. I don't know if KD and Kyrie will struggle maybe a little bit. Maybe they'll load manage a little bit because those guys are coming off injuries. So I think those top four are kind of interchangeable. They're all going to be good playoff teams, and you really don't want to see any of those until the second round. Right, so same thing, but Western Conference. Now, there is one thing I got to say, and I've seen Stephen A. Smith say it. Next year with the Warriors, you got Curry. Mm -hmm. And Clay, as well as Draymond, all coming back healthy. Yeah. So, and I feel like the Warriors don't get in their way this season. I feel like this is a retribution season for them almost. Yeah. So the 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 thing is with the Western Conference is I'm looking at it right now. I have 15 teams in front of me, and I see max three or four teams that there's no way they can make the playoffs next year. And eight of them. Eight and of who the might 15, those teams be? I don't think there's a path for the Spurs. I don't think there's a path for the – see, that's tough. That's tough. I don't think the Spurs can do it. I 
don't think the Suns will do it, although I do like the Suns. I think they'll probably be a little bit outside like they were this year. Don't know if the Timberwolves are good enough yet, and I'm not sure about the Kings either. But then, well, don't forget the Timberwolves have that number one pick this yeah. year, and I'm pretty sure we all know that Anthony Edwards is going to get picked there. I, it's interesting. They could definitely slide into an eight seed, but if we're talking about the very top, the Lakers and Clippers will be there, unless something crazy happens and the Clippers decide to trade away a Paul George. Their core is locked in. The Lakers' core is locked in. Anthony Davis is staying. So those two teams are going to be up there. It might not be one or two. They might rest a little bit, but they will be up there. The Nuggets, I think, are a very good team that will stay up there. The Rockets are an interesting question, though, because their D- their GM, Daryl Morey, just left. Their coach, Mike D'Antoni, is not a part of the organization anymore. There's been rumors about them moving Russell Westbrook or James Harden. Don't know if they'll be as good this year. Wait, wait, wait. You said moving Harden? Yeah, yeah there's been so. Okay, now that makes me wonder, what the hell are the Lakers going to do if they get Harden? Like a scorer. I don't. I don't think that's possible. Just throw it up like that. I mean, I. To me, let, you know what? Let's move away from that chat about the Western mm-hmm. Conference teams for a little bit because you just brought up a great topic. For me personally, I feel like Harden fits in with three teams okay. in the system. I feel like Dallas. He'll fit in with Luca perfectly. Okay. You know, I could see him playing with Luca and Kristaps. I see. I could also see him moving to Atlanta. Hmm. Because he's also great friends with Lil Baby and he's great friends with Quavo as well. But I feel like Trey Young, the passer he is, would blend in with Harden perfectly. Sure. And I think another team, honestly, would be the Bucks. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so Harden's Harden's an interesting case there. He's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot. I don't think he's actually gonna move from Houston. More of a rumor that's going around because Everything's kind of changing there. I'd expect Russell Westbrook to be traded before he is, but uh, the return that you'd have to give to give James Harden in a trade would be it'd be a crazy amount. Be huge. Um. So, Mo, if you want to continue the other Western Conference talk, sure. So, so top three, I guess I'd go Lakers, Clippers are up there. Maybe not standings wise, but three best teams for sure. Uh, then you look down; it could be the Warriors. Definitely could be the Warriors. I think the Mavericks could be great this year. If Kristaps stays healthy, they're going to add a couple pieces, I'm guessing, in free agency. I'd, I'd leave it between the Mavericks, Warriors, maybe the Nuggets to take that third spot. Okay. Now, there's, there's been a team that's like been fluctuating the last three years. What about the Kings? Okay. Um, the Kings are interesting because they're young. I do like De'Aaron Fox. The, the recent drafts have been bad. Marvin Bagley is not a great pick. Luka was on the board, so not ideal there. Um, the Kings are young. They have a head coach that I don't really love in Luke Wallen. They're, I think their GM stepped away, so it's, it's going to be a new era in Sacramento. If they were an Eastern Conference team, I'd probably pick them for an eighth seed. Don't think they'll do that in the West. Right. Now, here's where I want to get into... Start one, bench one, cut one. We're going to be throwing in some legends, current players. You name it, I got it. So, Mo, I want to get the first one out of the way. Not based on skill. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. You do this to me, Tyler. Okay, so you said... I mean, I got it. You said based on skill? 
not based on skill, just based on overall career. career. Okay, so say if you if LeBron were to end his okay, career right statistics now, statistics wise in the career, um, I think Kobe's three. I think Kobe's three in that debate. So you're cutting Kobe? I, I guess I'm cutting Kobe because the one MVP, he definitely deserved more than that. The the five rings, still more than LeBron, but the the finals appearances for LeBron is ten. I think Kobe did Kobe only make six? Did he only lose one? I'm not I will check that. I think that it's right six because he won five and lost to the Celtics would be would be off the top of my head. Jordan obviously with the six of six. I'd probably say that Jordan had a better career statistic. Kobe Bryant went to seven. seven. Okay, what was his what was the one I'm forgetting? Who did he lose to? He went okay, so with the help of Shaq and Hall of Fame coach Phil Jackson, he went to seven NBA finals between two thousand and two thousand ten. Sure. Uh he won three of them consecutively from two thousand to two thousand two, right. losing the next two in 04 and 08. 04. Oh, the Pistons? Is that the Pistons team? Yeah, okay. I think I think that was the Pistons okay, team. Okay, right. I always forget that Pistons ring. Okay, so yeah, Kobe, five rings, obviously insanely impressive. Love the dude. Rest in peace. I think he's getting cut here. I think Jordan, statistics-wise, career-wise, has LeBron beat. So I guess I'd start Jordan, but it's a different, it's a different uh, game if we're talking skill. Oh, yeah. Skill-wise, for me, I'm starting Jordan, benching Kobe, cutting LeBron. See, that's interesting to me because Kobe and Jordan are so similar. Such similar players. Exactly. I think that they're both great defenders, both obviously prolific ISO ball scorers. I think LeBron is a better passer than either of those guys, better rebounder than either of those guys. Maybe at his peak, a better defender. Uh, So I I might lean LeBron there, especially the longevity of his career. But uh, that's also a toss-up. Those guys are just obviously the top tier of hundreds of thousands of NBA players and throughout history. Yeah, so the next one I got for you, we'll base this one on three-point okay. shooting, I guess. Trey Young, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard. Okay, this is like not a three-point contest. It's like in-game, right? Like, who, yes, who do I this want? this is in-game, clutch okay. moments, last five minutes. Sure, so if it's the last minutes, I want Dame taking that shot. And then I say Devin... Okay. And then I say Trey. Trey is a great shooter. Um, he's better, I think, in the beginning. I so Trey's made some big shots, right? They're more. They're Definitely. more like he's a logo shooter. Oh, he does make the logo shot. But when I see the buzzer beaters from Trey, it feels like they're floaters. I feel like he drives inside more for those. I think you see all the Dame clips. You gotta go with him. And then Booker. Booker's just going to keep getting better, man. I think we could be talking about Devin Booker as oh an God, MVP yeah. candidate in two to three years. Maybe, maybe. Now, before we continue to start one bench, one cut one, this is just a one-on-one mm-hmm. right here, right now. And I know you don't like Kyrie a <laughs> whole lot, but skill-wise, Allen Iverson, Kyrie Irving. Um, I'd probably go AI. Um, think ooh, that's that's very tough. They're so similar. Those two guys are like a reincarnation. Right. Kyrie's handles are prolific, but Iverson, if, in a way, if you look at him, he made the crossover. Yeah, those two guys is. are so similar. So, are you taking AI? Yeah, I'll probably go AI. I think um, 
there's definitely an argument to be made there for Kyrie. But um, as an ISO scorer, I think he's definitely up there. But I, I'd probably go AI. Neither of those guys are especially impressive on defense. So uh, that'll reach 21-21 pretty quickly. Right. Now, how about this one? Dominique Wilkins. Scotty Pippen. This is a and okay, start one bench James one. Okay. Worthy. I think James Worthy is one of the most underrated players in history. Um, big James Worthy guy. Obviously totally biased as a Lakers fan. Uh, I think Scotty's a good player. I think he benefited by being around Jordan his whole career. Right. And I'm going to stop you right there for a minute. In my opinion and a lot of other people's, I believe Scotty Pippen might be the best second option in NBA history. Okay. Um, I'd have to think about it. I'd say... Maybe depends on who you say is the first option, but I'd say that Shaq or Kobe probably better. Although obviously Kobe wasn't everything he was in 2001, but um, I think that's definitely up for debate there. I've seen people calling this LeBron in 2020, the second option. If so, then he is definitely the best second option. I don't don't personally believe that. Right. Um, For that, for that question, I'd probably go, you said Neek, Dominique. Yeah, Dominique Wilkins, Scotty Pippen, I'd and probably, James Worthy. I love James Worthy, but I'd probably go Neek Pippen's Worthy. I think. Okay. And the sure. last one here, I'm going to say okay. Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic. And I have to say it, Anthony Davis. Is this this season? Is this their career outlook? What are you... This is two, two years, years from now. From now. Okay. So Anthony Davis is in his mid to late prime. I think those other two guys are going to be rounding into it. I think you take Luca number one. I think there's going to be a time where this dude's going to rattle off a couple consecutive MVPs. Um, I've I've been big on Luca since like day one, man. I remember watching that draft and I was like, he fell that much. Three, four teams passed on him. So I'm a big Luka guy. Um, I think AD is probably going to be dominant. I think he, when LeBron kind of takes a little bit of a step back and becomes really, you know, full passing, less scoring, less athleticism as he ages, if he ever ages, um, I think he has a good shot. So I'd probably say Tatum's the cut there, although I think Tatum's ceiling is super high. I think he definitely has a shot in MVP, can be the best player on a good team. Probably go Luka, AD, Tatum. Okay, and now one last one here, but not really NBA. It's more of like for our high school <laughs> friends. Um, I'm gonna say Bro- okay. Bronny, Zaire Wade, and okay. Mikey Williams. I haven't seen a ton of Mikey Williams, so I've. I, I know. Just I've, you look I've up heard he's a great player. Um, so off the name recognition alone, plus what I've heard about Bronny, I'd probably have to keep Bronny. Uh. But wait a minute, is this before everything that oh, just happened? Oh, come on. Give him a break. He's fine. He's allowed to smoke a little bit. I, I think... Must be uh, a little yeah. though. I could picture Braun coming home and just say... I don't even what? know. LeBron might come home and just be like, yo, pass. Yo, pass me it. I don't know. LeBron, LeBron seems chill like that, but I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I'd probably say... I'd still say Bronny is one. I'll give Mikey the two spot. And then I think Wade is probably going to come in at three. I don't know if he's going to be successful in the NBA. Is he projected to currently be drafted? 
Um, let me check. I think without the Wade name, he would be uh, a bit lower on the projection boards. He is a three-star prospect and ranked number 140 in, out of 207 um, class of 2020. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't uh, think he's year. exactly on that brawny tier. I think it was because he had that big, big mm-hmm. back injury that before because before he got hurt he was yeah, it's, it's gonna be um it's gonna be pretty weird thinking that lebron's gonna either play against or with his kid at some point i think that's he's been talking about wanting to get there so that's gonna be a pretty cool accomplishment right now the last part of this basketball segment mo i'm gonna just rapid fire gotcha. questions at you about okay. anything so here we go who was getting the number one pick I think it's Edwards unless they trade it, in which case I think it'll be Ball if the team needs a point guard. Okay. Now, if the Celtics keep Gordon Hayward, do you bench him and bring in Smart? No, I think Smart's better against the second teamers. He can be a better playmaker in that aspect. If you need a defensive guy to lock down like a James Harden on the other team, sure, you can bring in Smart for that game. Is Damian Lillard an all-star starter right now? In the West, I... I'd, I'd have to say, yeah, I think the point guard position, Curry's going to be there. Um, nah, you might have to go Curry-Harden, so I'd say no. He's, he's close, though. Luca right, too. Now, yeah, no, he's close, though. Do you think... All right. Who's going to have the better longevity of a career, John Morant or Zion Williamson? <sighs> I know that Zion's the one that people are worried about with the injuries. I am terrified about John Morant. He gives me young Derrick Rose, young Russell Westbrook vibes of the dude's going to jump and land on his ankle once, and it's going to be it. So I'm hoping hoping for long careers from both of them. I think the injury risk is actually underrated with Ja, so I guess I'll pick Zion. I think Zion's going to be a better player, but I hope they both have long, healthy careers. Do you think Brandon Ingram can help lead this Pelicans team to a Definitely. six or seven? I, uh, I love Brandon Ingram. He was completely misutilized in L.A. Um, when he was playing with LeBron in his second season, he really improved. But uh, in, Pel- in the New Orleans system, he really took a step forward. And I think he can be their, uh, their 1A to Zion's 1B. Do you think... Steve Nash is a good fit for the I hope Brooklyn so. Nets coaching uh, system. I like Steve Nash as a player. I know nothing about his abilities as a coach. I know he knows the game of basketball extremely well, probably better than a lot of other people they hired or wanted for that job. I know that he and Kevin Durant are very close from their time on the Warriors. Steve Nash was a player consultant there for a little while. And uh, I hope he's going to succeed. I know that that's kind of a tough job to take on is the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving media circus that Brooklyn will be. But uh, they got cool new jerseys, and I hope Steve Nash will be good. All right, and now, so we obviously know Lonzo's already in the league. Mm-hmm. Lamelo's coming into the league. Will he Angelo mm, ever? I'd say no. Um, I think he's a little bit inflated as a prospect because of the name, kind of like Wade, and um, I, I don't think he'll eventually get there. I do believe in Lamelo Ball's talent, though. So, with that being said, who do you think is going to have the better career, Lonzo uh, or Lamelo? It's interesting because they're so different. I don't think Lonzo's a good scorer. I think he has a decent driving game. Doesn't have a great jump shot still. I think he's one of the best passers in the league. His passing ability is unreal. He makes the long balls like Kevin Love does. I think LaMelo Ball can be a really good scorer in this league, though. 
think it depends on whether you're looking for a guy that's going to put up better stats or help win a game. I think Lonzo is better in that regard. Right now, draft status wise, where are you putting Cole? He's in my top yet? five. I'd say top five. Um, it's it's an interesting draft because the the combine is going to happen a little bit weird. The the players can't go around and try out for everybody. I don't believe they don't even know when the draft is actually going to be. It's slated for mid November right now. I think this might be a draft where uh, some guys may slip under the radar and you might end up getting an all-star or a great player on the 20 to 25 picks because nobody really knows what's going on. What do you think about James Wiseman? What so team we heard all the Warriors rumors when they were projected for the number one pick. Wiseman really isn't going to go to the Timberwolves. They don't need him. They have Carol Anthony Towns. So if he drops to the Warriors, it would be interesting. Although, to be fair, you remember... Those great Warriors teams didn't have a great center. They rolled with a small ball lineup. They had Iguodala. Right, and Warriors have the number I think so. two pick, Yeah, I correct? think it's the two. And I'd be surprised, honestly, if they didn't trade out of that. I don't think a young guy would make a ton of sense with this Warriors roster because you're not going to get 15 more years of Curry, Clay, and Dre. So I, I think if they want to move Wiggins already, I don't know if that would make a ton of sense, but if they want to move Wiggins and that pick for an established veteran like a a Bradley Beal or a Kevin Love or someone like that, they definitely could. What are your thoughts on Colin Sexton? I like Sexton. I think that he's been a little bit hurt. His value just playing in Cleveland. Nobody watches Cleveland. Nobody wants to be on Cleveland. Once LeBron left, that kind of fell apart. And um, I I think he's good. I think he could be a good player on a good team, but he just doesn't really have the pieces around right now. I know he averaged almost 20 a game this year, which is impressive. But um, I think he's a good player. Just Cleveland does not have much around him right now, so defense is kind of key in on him. But you can definitely be like lower tier, maybe all-star potential. Do you think LeBron will retire as a Laker? Um, or a I Cavs? think so. Do you remember what Paul George, uh, not Paul George, Paul Pierce did? He like signed the one-year, or one-day deal with the Celtics. I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron does something yeah. like that. I think his last playing days will be as a Laker, unless you see Bronny go to like Charlotte and then he's like, I'm going to go play with Bronny, which I would be a little bit surprised by personally him going and following his son. But I think it would be more fun to see him play against his son personally. And I feel like LeBron's the type of guy to let him do his own thing. You know, you don't want your dad on your first professional sports team. So It'll <laughs> be a little funny, but uh, right. I think LeBron will retire as a player, as a Laker, and then maybe sign like the one-day thing with the Cavs. How long do you think it's going to take for James I, Brown to become an All-Star? It could be soon, man. I remember this year, like before the All-Star break, people were saying, is it Tatum or is it is it Brown as the All-Star from the Celtics? Because Brown was having a great first half of the season. Tatum obviously kind of went to a different MVP-type level in the second half before the virus you know shut us down but i i think that jalen brown could kind of do it this year if kemba walker takes a little bit of a step back he isn't an all-star boston's two all-stars at the top of the eastern conference those teams usually get one or two maybe three it, it definitely could be tatum and brown this year right now mm-hmm. kemba walker do you think he was uh, at boston? the price they got him definitely terry rogier was not yeah. He had a great playoff run. He was fun. Scary Terry masks are exciting. But he's not the type of player that Kemba Walker is. I know Kemba struggled 
a ton during these playoffs. I uh, I think he was one of the reasons that they lost that series against the Heat. I think Goran Dragic outplayed him. And uh, I think Kemba's going to rest up. He had a knee injury coming into the bubble. He'll rest up, hopefully be a little bit better this season. Overall, I think he's worth it because they're not relying on him as the number one scoring option. That's Jason Tatum. So I think if he's like the second guy that can isolate at the end of the game, hit the big shots, it's a good move for Boston. Do you think the Mavericks will see a championship in the next five years? I think so. I think in the next five years is a little weird because you have no clue where they're going. The the parity in the league right now is unreal between, you know, you have Giannis in the East, you have the Celtics, like young players getting better in the East. Then in the West, you have the Clippers, Lakers, obviously, Nuggets getting better. I think they're missing one piece. I think Porzingis is great. Luke is great. They need a good defender in there. Uh, not like a Trevor Ariza type, a little bit more like a, a low-tier Paul George. Not sure exactly who I'm thinking about, but just a guy that can give you a 3 and D, 15 on the night, and the uh, so best, best player defensively on your squad. All right, Mo, I think that's it for us today. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Mo Holtzman for coming on once again for the third consecutive episode. It's been I, uh, great having you, I very much appreciate you, it, Tyler. Let me know whenever you want me to come back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to All Four Sports, or today I'd like to call it All Three Sports because there is no hockey today. I just had Mo Holtzman on with me. Always a pleasure having him on. And now it is time for MLB. This week it's not up to bat. This week it's just strictly about game day. We got the NLCS going on right now between the Braves and Dodgers in game six. And later tonight at 8.37 p.m. we have the Astros against the Rays. Right now I want to talk about Braves-Dodgers as the Dodgers are up 3-0 in the third inning. Braves have a 3-2 series lead. I really want the Braves to win this series because I do not like the Dodgers at all. And I really like this Braves team. I think they can do a great job. I think they are ready for a World Series ring to come back to them. Now, on the other side, you got the Astros Rays. We all want the Rays to win. Sorry, Astros fans, but you cheated. It's true. I just, I don't like the Astros. I hope the Rays win tonight in Game 7. I hope the Braves win tonight in Game 6, close it out. And that was the playoff picture on the MLB. And coming up next, we have Pick'em with Michael Sumner. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is correct. My dad is back. Should be fun. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to all four sports, or should I say again, all three sports, because there is no hockey anymore in this book as of right now. Nothing interesting going on. But right now we're going to talk about the most interesting sport. Everybody loves Sundays, especially me, because it's just a great day to spend with family and watch some football. Speaking of family, I got my dad and my guest for the third week in a row, Michael Sumner, joining me right now for the NFL segment. How are you, Tyler? Nice to be back. Speaking of back, it's great to have you, but let's talk about a player, unfortunately, 
that really affected us because we're both Cowboys fans. Unfortunately, he will not be back this season. Mike, of course, I'm talking about Dak Prescott with that devastating compound fracture and dislocation to his right ankle. Oh, absolutely, Tyler. Horrific uh, injury to watch happen. And when he went down and you just saw that ankle go, you knew it was very serious, especially when he went to the sideline and was pointing to get help over to him right away. Um, Excuse me. Going into that game, Dak was already at 1,856 yards in a year. Um, He was on pace for record season, 5,000-plus yards uh, to pass for, and he really had the offense going. You know, it was tough to see him go down. Uh, but then, I'll tell you, they picked it up at the end of the game. You know, now we're going to see what Andy Dalton's got. You know, I know we'll get to that later on. But I uh, just want to w- wish Dak the best. Right. And to me personally, it really got me when you saw his face. <clears throat> he looked so sad, as you can imagine, with a quarterback that, even in general, a player that suffers such a devastating injury. So, Dak, if you do happen to listen to this, probably not, but we want to give our prayers and condolences out to you for your ankle and hope that you get back with the team soon. And another thing I want to talk about here is the COVID cases. There's a spike going around. Um, We saw the spike in Tennessee. Then it came over to New England. I mean, at least New England's not winning, so I'm a little bit happy about that. Because we're Cowboys fans, so rival fan base is there. But today, Mike, I was reading from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, the Jaguars have had a person test positive. Yes, I just saw that this morning. Uh, it was breaking news that uh, Ian Rappaport reported. And they did close down the facility uh, for the day. They still are scheduled to uh, play tomorrow. And uh, we'll see how things go. You know, they will get tested again tomorrow. And see how things are right before game time. But I want to backtrack for a minute, if you could, Tyler. You were talking about the emotions that Dak had coming off the field. And I think anybody who's a football fan saw that and saw his emotion and the love of the game that this young man has uh, for the game of football. And like you and I talked about a couple weeks ago, everything that this young man has had to endure uh, as far as a professional athlete with the passing of his mom, uh, with the loss of his brother this past year. Um, it's just been horrific. And you just hope that when he does come back, that it's going to be stronger and better than it was before he suffered the injury. And I'll tell you, I can't wait to see him come back and see what he's got. Because uh, without Dak, you know, I don't think Dallas goes anywhere next year. Right. This is Andy Dalton's proving point of a season. And we'll get to that more later in the Pick'em segment. But right now, Mike, let's talk about a team that is undefeated as well. Let's talk about a game between the 1-4 Houston Texans going against the 4-0 Tennessee Titans. In this game, to me, I got the Titans. No surprise there. You got King Henry, who is a phenomenal running back. I don't know if you happen to catch the... Titans-Bills game, but if you saw the stiff arm Derrick Henry gave one of the defensive players from Buffalo, he just threw him like he was a ham sandwich that was rotten. I'll tell you, Derrick Henry, boy, that guy, he's a powerhouse. He's just a beast when he's on a football field. Um, He makes things happen, especially, 
when you watch him and the way that he comes off the corner and makes that cut to the inside. As soon as he makes that corner, that's when you know whoever the opposing cornerback or safety, that's, or whoever's coming after him, is going to get that stiff arm in. If you receive that stiff arm from him, you're not going to beat him. He's very fast. Um, he knows exactly where to be when he's going to make that cut. And he's just a phenomenal football player to watch. Very exciting. Uh, this game is going to be, it's going to be an easy win for the uh, Titans. Te the Texans, they just don't have what it takes this year. You know, uh, they lost DeAndre Hopkins, and he's, as you know, is playing phenomenal in Arizona. But uh, then they had to fire their head coach. Get, they got off to an 0-4 start. So, I mean, there's a lot of problems within that organization, within ownership, uh, the GM. So the Titans are going to come out in this one big, at least by 14 in this game. All right. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the Cowboys again, but not so much as, as the team. Because the next game we're talking about is Ravens-Eagles. Now, this is a big game because if the Eagles lose, that means we still remain in first place as the Dallas Cowboys. However, I know they're going to lose because they're playing the MVP, the runner of the AFC. I'm talking about the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Ravens are a juggernaut in the AFC, as you will. But the North, that the division that they're in is very interesting because you got Cleveland who's four and one, Pittsburgh's four and all, Baltimore is four and one, or five and one, excuse me. I I think they're five and one, correct? Uh I believe so. No, they are four and one because of the fact that we're going into week six. Correct. Excuse me for the misconfusion there, folks. Um I got the Ravens by at least twenty five. I don't like Philadelphia at all, but yet again, we're Cowboys fans, so you can understand why. Um, in fact, I saw an Eagles fan the other day making a huge excuses for the loss they suffered to Pittsburgh. Hey, Eagles fans, listen, it's not your fault, okay? Just next time in the draft, please do not pick the Prince Harry lookalike. This game is going to be very interesting, like you said. It means a lot for Dallas, especially if Dallas can come out with a win. And we'll talk about that game later on. But Philadelphia is just a mess right now on offense. Uh, they don't have an offensive line that can protect Carson Wentz. Uh, going into tomorrow's game, Carson Wentz already has six picks on the day, uh, excuse me, on the year. So if you look, he doesn't have any protection around him. Um, you know, Ertz, he is what he is. He's a big tight end. He's going to get you the yardage. He's going to score. But defensively, Philadelphia has always had a defensive front that's been good, that has stopped the run. Their secondary is, is very weak. And, uh, you know, it all, boils down, it all boils down to Baltimore controlling a game and controlling a clock. You know, the Ravens, we know what the Ravens are. We know how good the Ravens are. We know how good Jackson is. Uh, this guy, he, he's like Superman on the field. He makes things happen. He, he runs, he throws, he catches. I mean, there's nothing that this guy can do. Baltimore should come out with a win. Uh, however, I don't think it's going to be a big 25-point win like you said. And the other thing that you have to take into consideration, Tyler, they're playing in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a very, very tough place for a team to come in and win. But no uh, fans. 
that's going to be another thing. If they don't have any fans tomorrow, Baltimore should come out 21-7, maybe 21-14. Uh, I don't expect it to be a huge win for Baltimore. Um, Baltimore's defense is, is going to show different looks. They're going to blitz. They're going to come at you on the corners. They're going to come at you from the inside. And you don't know what John Harbaugh is going to give you. Uh, so I like Baltimore 21-10, 21-14. All right. Now the next game, I don't even know if it's worth talking about. We all know the Vikings are going to win because we're talking about the Atlanta. No, 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 folks. Not the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta failed to hold the Leadkins. Because the Falcons cannot do anything. They've literally blown three 20-point leads in the last four weeks, which is just abstract to me. It's upsetting because I feel really bad for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones that they have to be in such a terrible franchise right now. But I think the Vikings are going to win and come back from another 20-point lead. Because if we've noticed, Mike, the Falcons have really been the team. They're known as a team to blow multiple 20-point leads. They, they can't hold the lead. So I got the Vikings 34-27, the least. This game should be a, a no-brainer for anybody uh, that, you know, is into picking football games. You know, if you watch Minnesota last week against Seattle, they almost pulled that game up, and that game came down to the last seconds of that game. Uh, Minnesota tried to go for the two-point conversion, and they failed. But I'll tell you, they really played one hell of a game out there in Seattle. And as you know, uh, being a Dallas fan just like myself, over the years, Seattle's been a very tough place to play. And when Seattle has fans and they have that 12th man in the stands, that stadium is very loud. Um, it's very hard to hear on the field as the opposing team. And uh, they really played Seattle tough. But when you have a guy like Russell Wilson that can do things, that can scramble, that can make plays deep down the field, that can hit you with a play action, you know, Seattle's a team that can do that. So I like Minnesota in this one, 35-10. to 10. All right, now the next game. This is a divisional battle. Had a little bit of an argument about this team earlier today, but I won't get into it because I got ripped apart by a non-sports analyst, to say the least. But we got the Cleveland Browns, who I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, are 4-1 and one this year, which is crazy because I never thought the Browns would ever be good in my life. Against the 4-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. I like what the Steelers did last week because they beat the Eagles. So that's the only reason I'm grateful for them. I like that Claypool kid though, Mike. I gotta tell you, Claypool is a good receiver. Four touchdowns on the day last year. But unfortunately, I like Cleveland in this one. I like it in a tight game. I like Cleveland 37-34. Whoa! You talk about a gamble. Uh, this is going to be a great game to watch at 1 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, you're looking at two teams ranked in the power rankings in the top 10. Uh, Cleveland with Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield. This team has really stepped up this year. Uh, defensively, you got Miles Garrett that's sacking just about everybody he sees. You know, so um, they've really done a great job in Cleveland. 
On the other side of the ball, you're looking to steal. His Big Ben's coming back from the surgery and that major injury from last year. But we also can't forget about that Claypool kid who no, I, had I mean, four touchdowns last, you last can't, game. You know, you can't forget about him. Claypool, he's, he's, the kid is really becoming an excellent receiver, and he's going to be one of the uh, great receivers in the league as long as he stays healthy and plays the way he's playing. On the other side of the ball, you got Juju Smith on the other side. So Pittsburgh has weapons. The one thing that I've always liked about Pittsburgh over the last year or so is uh, Connor in the backfield. He's fast. He knows how to break the holes. You know, he gets down low. He's a small guy. He's quick. And he can hurt you in, in many different ways coming out of the backfield. And, you know, the other thing, too, Tyler, that you have to look at, Pittsburgh's had a lot of protection for Ben on the offensive line. Right. So far this year, um... You know, this is going to be a, a great game to watch. I can't wait to watch this game tomorrow and see what happens. But uh, I think that Cleveland, like yourself, is going to come in and pull an upset in Pittsburgh. And I think Cleveland pulls it out 27-24 um, and gives Pittsburgh their first loss of the year. Right. Now, the next games I'm a little bit risky about talking about them because we don't know if they're going to be played due to the fact that the Colts, I believe, also had a COVID case in the last uh, week or so, within the last three, four days. But we'll talk about the games and make our picks, just in case they do happen. It is a timetable decision, I believe, for both of these games. But Bengals-Colts, this is a hard decision to me. I don't really watch both teams. I'm going to go Indianapolis. I think Indy wins... 14-7. to 7. I don't see it being a high-scoring game that much, but like I said, Indy 14-7. to 7. This game is going to get played. Uh, they said this afternoon that it's still on schedule to play at 1 o'clock tomorrow. You know, I have to go in the opposite direction with you. Cincinnati has uh, been playing good football. You know, they've been in games. Uh, they've only got blown out once this year. But people have to understand, Joe Burrow, he's a rookie quarterback, he was a number one pick in the draft this year. Uh, and he's got some things that are going well for him on offense. Defensively, Cincinnati's playing well. On the other side, the Colts are starting to show who they are. You know, Phillip Rivers has had some bad weeks the past couple of weeks. You know, I'm not impressed with Indianapolis. I think that uh, Indianapolis has a few problems on offense. And defensively, you know, they're loose in the middle. I like Cincinnati in this game. 28-17. All right. Now, the next game, that's also a timetable decision. Detroit versus Jacksonville. Now, I can't hold it back. I kind of used to like the Lions a little bit because of one person. Mike, you remember him? Great receiver. Should go in the Hall of Fame talking about Calvin Johnson, Megatron. You can agree he was a great receiver for Hall of Famer indeed in my eyes. I like the Lions tomorrow. I like the Lions... By 12, I'm going to say. Yeah, this game should be an easy win for uh, Jacksonville. Uh, you know, Mishnu, he's really done a great job at quarterback. Uh, Jacksonville has shown some promise, both at wide receiver and at running back. The Lions are just a mess. Uh, Matt Patricia, I know, you know, he came out of New England and he's the head coach up there. But they really haven't done anything in the draft in the past couple of years. They didn't do anything in the draft this year. Um the guy that I feel bad for on that Detroit team is Matthew Stafford. I mean, this guy, he really is a good quarterback. And I'll tell you, if he gets on the right team, he's going to do some damage. But I can't see 
Detroit winning this game, uh, especially in Jacksonville. Give me the Jaguars, 21-10. And then the next game also tomorrow at 1 o'clock, we got the 4-1 and Chicago Bears going against the 3-2 and Carolina Panthers. I like Chicago by a touchdown. Oh, this, this is going to be another game that uh, people are going to have to watch. And I know Chicago's playing good ball right now, and they have a 4-1 record. But you have to look at the way that the Carolina Panthers are playing. You know, McCaffrey is out. They don't have him. But Teddy Bridgewater is really starting to pull it together. He has weapons for receivers. Um, I've always liked Teddy Bridgewater, no matter where he's played in the league, even down in New Orleans last year. Um, But for him to get the starting job in Carolina and call it his offense, um, he's allowed to do what he wants to do. He's doing things that he wants to do, and uh, he's making things happen offensively. Defensively, Carolina is very, very strong. Uh, You know, one thing I've noticed with Carolina in watching him this year, they love to blitz and back off of it. The audibles that they show on a defensive side with the blitzing scheme has really worked for them. And, uh, you know, they got two good safeties back there. So I like Carolina in this game to give Chicago their second loss of the year. I like Carolina in this game 28-17. All right. Now the next game, honestly, I don't even want to pick. doesn't really matter to me. I'm just going to say it's going to end in a tie. It's going to be between the Washington football team and the Giants. I think it's going to end 0-0. This is a game where... As a fan, you got to ask yourself, is it even worth my time watching this game? Well, it, it kind of is because, number one, it's two NFC East teams. Right now, the Washington football team is 1-1. One one. The Giants are 0-5. Um, it's one you of those one games that... Excuse me? They're one and four. The Washington football one team. And four, one and four, excuse me. We're going into week six. Um, this is one of those games that could have some problems down the line for the Eagles or the Cowboys. Because don't forget, Dallas still has to play the Giants one more time, and we still got to play the Eagles twice, and we still got to play Washington twice. So this game could have implications on any one of those games uh, down the road. I think that. This is where the Giants are going to come out and get their first win of the year. Defensively, the Giants have been playing really good football the past couple of weeks. Uh, You know, they held the Rams to 17 points, which you and I both know the Rams are a high-powered offense. They can score on you very quickly. And then, you know, what they did to Dallas, scoring the way that they did in the first first half and, uh, you know, minimizing the damage. But uh, I think the Big Blue ends up getting their first win this week. I think Jones is going to have a uh, good week. And the other one thing that you have to remember about the Giants, too, as well, Tyler, is there's no Saquon Barkley. Without Saquon Barkley, that is the number one key player that the Giants are missing. Because when Saquon's in there, you don't know if they're going to run, if they're going to pass, if they're going to do play action, if they're going to do shotgun. Whatever it's going to be. So he's a big factor in that offense. And, uh, you know, but I think the Giants come out of this one 17-10. Now, this next game got postponed from last week. And I've heard rumors, Patriots fans, 
that you got Super Cam coming back. I don't know if it's true. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he is coming back tomorrow and playing. But I like New England in this game if Cam comes back. If Cam doesn't come back, I like Denver. It's going to be a pinpoint decision for me. Um, this game right right now, I'll tell you, is actually up in the air uh, because there was another Patriots player that has tested positive for COVID-19. Um, he is in isolation. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of days with testing and see if any more players test positive. But as of right now, uh, like you said, this game is scheduled for tomorrow. And, you know, with Superman coming back, a.k.a. Cam Newton, New England should win this game very easily. Um, I see New England winning this game 27-17. Next game, one I think is going to be a blowout. You got the New York fum butt fumble Jets. Going against the Miami Dolphins. I like Miami 32-17. They blew out San Francisco. So if they blew out the Niners, what can't they do to the Jets? Again, this is one of those games where both teams are not very good at all. Uh, neither team has an offensive line. Neither team really has a defense. Uh, this, you know, The Jets could come in and surprise the Dolphins. But I think the Dolphins just, like you, blow them out. Give me the Dolphins, 31-10. Next game we got, going to be an interesting one tomorrow. We got 12 versus 12. We got Brady Rogers. All goes down in Tampa Bay tomorrow. Packers, Bucks. I got Green Bay, 43-37. That's, that's a good pick. Uh, this is game of the week tomorrow. And this is also one of those games where it's the best going up, the best going against the best. Uh, we all know Tom Brady's the GOAT. Um, this guy has done things in New England that New England fans will never see again. Um, six Super Bowls, six rings, you know, uh, six years with, you know, 20 years with the same coach, six Super Bowls with the same coach. There's nothing that he hasn't done. Um, but as you see, Tommy, Tom is getting older, you know, and he's still in great shape to play. And all you hear is when he doesn't do well, you hear people, they say, oh, Tom's done this and that, you know, he's still learning the Tampa Bay system and that, that team's going to be in it in the end. Green Bay, on the other hand, one simple person you name, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers will beat you any way that you can think you can't get beat. Um, this game is going to come down to who makes the critical mistake, who makes the fumble, or, you know, who throws the interception. Um, you know, Tom Brady has to be on his game. He cannot do what he's done in the past couple of games. You know, throw interceptions for pick sixes. Another thing, um, too, is he can't forget what quarters he did. If you noticed the other night, he, he thought he was in the third quarter, but he was really in the – or he can't forget what down it is because he was really in the – either on fourth down or third down. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, that was a little confusing to me as well. Um, you call this guy the GOAT, but he can't even remember what quarter or down he's on? Yeah, but, you know, he – might be the old age getting to he him. has to do. And uh, you can understand his frustration. He loves to play the game. 
and he's a very emotional guy. This game is going to come down to the last two minutes, I believe. And with that said, I am going with the Packers to upset Tampa Bay. In Tampa Bay, Aaron Rodgers throws for a record five touchdowns in this game, and Green Bay comes out on top 34-27. That's a good pick. Now we got Rams-Niners, Battle of California. I got the Rams. Uh, Niners are hurt all around. Nick Post is gone. Jimmy G is gone. Sorry, all you girls listening out there. I know he's your love triangle that you like to look out on TV playing football. But I think the Rams just win tomorrow. It is the Sunday night game. Rams win big 34-10. You know, you just mentioned Jimmy G. Uh, if you've seen the game last week, he got benched twice, coach. And the reason is because right now, Jimmy G is not playing good football. He's hurt. Um, I think you're absolutely right when you say that. I think that ankle is hurting him more than what uh, people think. Um, and I think, honestly, that he's being pushed out there to get this team wins. Now, we know what George Kittle is. We know George Kittle is a beast as a tight end. He's big. He's fast. And uh, he'll get you touchdowns. But San Francisco is not the same team that they were last year, Tyler. They've lost a little bit offensively. Uh, they've lost quite a bit defensively. Sherman is not the same corner that he was last year. So I like you. I like the Rams in this game. The Rams have everything going uh, offensively and defensively, and especially with the addition of Ramsey uh, on a defense. That team is just uh, going to go so far, and I think the Rams are going to be a surprise team and could be one of the teams that make it to the Super Bowl for the NFC as a surprise. I like the Rams in this game, 38-17. Now we have two Monday night games tomorrow. We're going to talk about Chiefs-Bills first. But I think you know why I'm excited to talk about this Chiefs team. They just added a juggernaut of a running back. Take away the years from the Jets. Pittsburgh, he was great. I'm talking about ding-dong Who's at the door? It's Le'Veon Bell. Mahomes has a running back now. He has Tyreek Hill. He has Travis Kelsey. But now the fact that you're adding the addition of a superstar caliber running back in Le'Veon Bell. I'm, I'm saying it right now, ladies and gentlemen, and you heard it here first. Your Super Bowl 55 champions are going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. I like the Chiefs winning 27 17, Le'Veon Bell's going to have an explosive game. I think he's going to rush over 150 yards tomorrow through that Buffalo defense because it's his first game with a real team. It's not like the Jets where their slogan is, Hi, welcome to the New York Jets. We don't make winners, we make losers. You know, Tal, I usually agree with you on a lot of stuff, but I cannot agree with you with what you just said. Um, and a simple reason is, Look what Le'Veon Bell's done the last couple of weeks, never mind the last year or so. He's been with the Jets. Hey, you know, that's. it doesn't matter if it's with the Jets, it's whoever. He has not run the ball effectively. He's only got 74 yards in the past couple of games. Um, I understand he's played with the Jets, but even when he was in Pittsburgh, before he held out, 
you know, that last year before he held out, he was not showing that he was the runner that he used to be. Um, I think Le'Veon Bell has a lot of problems, and this is why teams are cutting him because of the fact that they don't want to deal with him and there's no production there. Uh, Kansas City has always had a a decent running back, and they have another decent running back uh, again this year. You know, Patrick Mahomes has slacked a little bit this year. He's not the same Patrick Mahomes that he was last year. And I understand that was six games into the year, but there's some things that Patrick Mahomes can improve on. Um, with that being said, I still think Kansas City is going to be your AFC uh, champions again this year. Looking at the Buffalo Bills, this is a team that last week, yes, they got blown out. But this Buffalo team is for real. Josh Allen makes things happen in the backfield. He's turned in to a very good quarterback. And don't forget, Josh Allen is still learning. He, the kid's young, you know, but to add, have an addition like Stefan Diggs as your wide receiver and knowing this kid can get open anywhere on a football field, you know, Buffalo has a decent running game. Their defense is decent, even though last week it didn't show it. But the Buffalo Bills are going to be right there in the AFC. Um, I think Buffalo goes into Kansas City, pulls an upset in this game, and it comes down to a field goal. I like Buffalo in this game 24-21. I think what's going to happen is Patrick Mahomes is going to get blitzed, and it's going to turn into a critical interception, and that's what's going to be the difference in this game. I like the Bills in the upset in this game, Tyler. Um, It's going to be another good game to watch. So we'll wait and see what happens. Right, and now the final game, Cowboys-Cardinals. We know we don't have Dak, and we're not going to get him back this year. But that's fine, because Dak's first name starts with D. So next season, when he comes back, it's going to be his demolition season, where he comes back. But I'm going to... I'm going to say we pull an upset tomorrow. I'm going to say Dallas wins 16-10 in Dallas at AT&T. Unfortunately, no Dak. Prayers out again. But Zeke is going to do something tomorrow. I think we're not ever going to see again in the National Football League. You're trying to get me excited, but right now I'm a little depressed because we don't have Dak. He's my favorite quarterback. And I'm still a little bit in shock of what happened on Sunday, but hell, who am I kidding? I think Michael Gallup's going to make some catches tomorrow. Um, Andy Dalton, this is his proving point. And you look again, Mike. Everybody's saying Dalton sucks. But if you think about it, look at the talent he had in Cincinnati and compare it to what he has in Dallas now. He's got weapons now. He's got C.D. Lamb, who's been playing great. For all you fantasy players out there, he averaged 20 points last week. You got Michael Gallup, who came up clutch. You got Zeke. You got Amari Cooper, who needs to step up a little bit. But then you go down to defense. 
Defense is something I like to call hot garbage right now. They're not doing anything good. And the reason I say they're hot garbage is because they're in Dallas, so it gets hot there. But the defense is atrocious. At this point, I'm really asking Jerry Jones, please go out there and get us Earl Thomas. We need some type of help on defense. But I like Dallas. Okay, I like Dallas 24-7. And no, that's not a pun. I actually think the game's going to be 24-7, but I am a Cowboys fan 24-7. Come on, son. That's all you can get for excitement? This is Monday Night Football. But like I said... This I'm, is game of I'm the a week bit, for me. I'm a bit sad about that. Monday Night Football on ESPN, you have a game that means a lot for Dallas and a game that means a lot for Arizona. Now, I know everybody got all hyped up about Murray and about DeAndre Hopkins, but... The past couple of weeks, they've shown that they can be beat. Arizona's the number-ranked 15 power-ranking team this week. Dallas is right now is ranked, I believe it's number 21 or 22. Dallas is ranked number 22, so not far off. Um, you just mentioned, Tyler, Andy Dalton. I've been looking at some stats. I've been going through some stuff on his career. Andy Dalton has been averaging... 62% completion passing, okay? He's got 31,500-plus yards for his career, 204 touchdowns for his career. Yes, he's thrown 118 interceptions, but his passer rating for his career is 87.5. Now, that was with a team like Cincinnati that, as we know, was a losing team for many years. There were a couple of good years that he had. But now you look at the other situation that Andy Dalton is in currently. Jerry Jones went and signed Andy Dalton for a reason. He knew that Andy Dalton was the best that was out there. And you take Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. You take Tony Pollard in the backfield. You put these pieces together with that offensive line. Now, we know that offensive line has some injuries. Tyrone Smith is out. That's a big loss on your left side because with Tyrone Smith in there, Tyrone Smith can block two guys compared to what some of these other offensive linemen can't even block one at times. You know, so that protection has to stay there. This Dallas offense can do damage. You and I both sat here last week. We watched what happened when Dalton came into the game. We know he's got an arm. We saw what he did with Michael Gallup. We saw what he did with C.D. Lamb. Andy Dalton is an underestimated quarterback in this league. You put a team in front of him like he's got right now, and I'm telling you, Cowboy fans, I'm telling people that are fans of other teams, watch out for Andy Dalton. I think he's going to do some damage with this team. And I also think that Mike McCarthy is going to change things up on the offense and let Zeke run the ball more. That's going to be the key, Tyler, to this Dallas team going the rest of the way. Zeke has to take responsibility, and he has to be the leader of this offense. Give him the ball. Let him do what he does best. Let him run the ball, because by opening up the run, you also open up the pass. And when your offense is on the field and you're running the ball, you're eating up the clock. And by eating up the clock, you're keeping your defense off the field. Which, as you and I both know, this whole year, our defense has been shot. 
not just playing terribly, but also they've been exhausted. You know, then you mentioned the other side of the ball defensively. Defensively, we have been absolutely horrible. There's no question about it. Dallas is ranked in the, in the NFL. We're ranked last in defense. You know, we haven't had what it takes. We have not uh, had the players that we should have. Um, with that being said, we're, we're actually going to get a couple of guys back Monday night, uh, at least one of them, and that's Leighton Vander Esch. This guy is an incredible linebacker. He makes things happen, and uh, he reminds me of a guy back in the 90s, Tyler. He was very short, but he was quick, and his name was Dexter Coxley. Never heard of him. Tell me. Dexter Coxley was one of the fastest linebackers at his size that you could put in a game. He would go from one sideline to the other so fast you wouldn't even see him run sometimes on a TV screen. That's how quick he was. Uh, he made things happen. And that's what uh, Vander Esch does. The, the advantage that I like about Vander Esch is his height. He's tall, he's quick, and he knows exactly how to read an offense. Mm. Um, you know, and the other uh, player coming back that could be coming back Monday night as well is uh, David Gregory. Now, we know Randy David Gregory. Gregory has had some issues. Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory, excuse me. Um, we know he's had his issues in the past. Um, he's just coming back from an indefinite suspension, uh, which he was reinstated this year. So he's healthy. He's ready to go. And uh, Mike McCarthy was going to look to see how things worked out in practice over the next couple days. Um, if he looks as good as he's been, he'll get the green light to come in on uh, certain occasions. So that's, that's going to be a big help. And uh, Mike Nolan is, is going to now be on the sidelines calling the defense, which could also make a big difference. Um, you know, but the key to this Dallas team is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball so that you can open up for the pass. And the defense definitely has to get better. If they don't, it's, they're going to be in for a long season. Uh, however, with that being said, Monday night game, National TV, ESPN. I know we haven't talked much about Arizona. Murray, we all know what he can do. The kid is really turning to a good quarterback. He can run. Um, he can make things happen. And when he hooks up with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, it's very dangerous. But I like Dallas in this game. I like Dallas big in this game. Uh, give me Dallas 35-21. Okay. And that is going to be it. But before we go, I want to end with one Pittsburgh Steelers joke. What are the similarities between the Steelers and a Chick-fil-A worker, Mike? Do you know? No, what's up? They both don't show up to work on Sundays. But I'm going to end it there. Thank you, Mike, for joining me once again. And I'm also just going to wrap it up on this. It was great talking to everyone out there. Like I said, there's not much going on in hockey. Um, but it was great to talk again and have a great day, everybody. And we will be back sometime. I just got to look at my schedule, but have a great day.